Welcome to the inaugural edition of the Seasonal Anime Checkup OVA, a supplemental podcast to the Seasonal Anime Checkup, where we'll talk about shows that deserve more time than the usual couple paragraph review in the Seasonal Anime Checkup podcast, or for big news in anime, kind of like, you know, that Funimation Crunchyroll partnership, which we could have talked about before if I had this podcast. And today, we're going to talk about a show that was big enough that I think would not have fit in the mainline podcast, especially when after each episode I was having lengthy conversations uh, with our guest today, which we'll get to here in a short, short bit. We're going to talk about Danganronpa 3, The End of Hope's Peak Academy. And of course, since this is a podcast about the entirety of the show, there's going to be spoilers galore. So if you haven't watched the show or finished it, you should probably turn this off like right now. Because I'm going to spoil who the mastermind is. Man, I cannot believe Chiaki was the mastermind. Holy sh**. What a surprise. Just kidding. That was a f***ing <laughs> real sh** theory that was on Tumblr. Which we'll get into theory talk later on in the program. But I knew I needed someone to talk to about this show. Who I talked to a lot about this show while it was airing. Uh, she is a PhD candidate who studies the history of video games and culture. She's a friend of the site who you have heard on the past two episodes of Season Anime Checkup. My friend Ann Ladium, welcome to the program. Hi. How are you doing on this fine afternoon? Besides I mean, freezing it might to death. be fine where you are, but it's gross here. It's like 60 degrees here. Hang on, I can actually check. It's like 63 degrees here. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I mean, it, fantastic. it's 63 deg- degrees here, but it's also raining, so eh. yeah. Just put on your rain boots and you'll be good to go. Uh, well, I would if they hadn't been chewed on. That's, that's also, that's a good point. Inside jokes here on the Seasonal Anime <laughs> Checkup OVA. So we're going to talk about uh, Danganronpa 3. Yeah. It's a show that happened. It is a show that happened and it has uh, it has been an emotional roller coaster for both of us. And yeah. <laughs> it, 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 there's been a lot of angry, angry text messages. There have been a lot of angry, angry text messages and a lot of you like, Yo, this person's real shady. This person's, uh, like, real shady. That theory on Tumblr's real bad. <laughs> and also being upset at, like, certain points. Uh, oh, yeah. The weird thing about this show, obviously, was that, like, it was kind of split into two. Where the the first part was the future arc, which took place on Mondays. And it basically was at the end of the timeline, of the Hope's Peak timeline, I guess if you would call that. And then there was also the Despair arc which took place at the very beginning of the timeline, which I guess technically would predate Danganronpa Zero, which we'll, we might Ugh. we might get into that a little bit later on. Uh, and both of those shows kind of intersected in weird ways, considering like it'd be like, but- oh, here's Future, and then maybe like on Despair, like, okay, well, next week on Future, it's going to be about these people and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Right, and it was great, though, because, you know, you would get backstory on certain characters in, in Despair that you didn't get in Future, and so they built upon each other, which I really enjoyed quite a bit. Right, right. I feel like the one thing, like, I would say about Despair, though, is that, like, it is kind of paced weirdly, because there was so... There was a lot to to break down in that timeline, considering, like, oh, well, we gotta get up to the basically the beginning of Danganronpa 1, and then, like, we have to implement, like, this stuff from, like, you know, the the Twilight murder from DR2, uh, yep. the the big tragedy, and then just, like, 
uh, these other characters diving into despair as well. So like, there's a lot of like weird time gaps, which don't forget Hajime. We had to talk about how he how he became Mizuru. Oh yeah, that, that is, that's also that's a I big mean, point. That's kind of a big point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I there's just like there's a bunch of like weird time gaps in there. But like, and I've seen people complain about that. But like, yo, they had like 11 episodes to do all of that. It's like there's gonna be time skips. Like you really can't do much else unless they were like, oh, we'll, we'll just make this entire show about despair, which that wouldn't have made much sense considering it's like, oh, well, we have this other story we have to do as well. Right. But let's, uh, let's dive into some thoughts and opinions, I guess, about each individual arc, quote unquote. Oh, I've got lots of opinions. Yes, I know. Let's talk about future first, which I know your right. your notes are kind of like all over the place. So this might be a little bit more hard for you to go and talk about that because like I think they're more like bunched together week by week, right? They are. Okay. Uh, let's talk about episode one. My notes are basically everyone is mean to Niagi. Rip Chisa. <laughs> I mean, so this is when I got to the point where I decided that Chisa w- was, well. So she she was really happy and excitable, and you're thinking like, oh, she's going to be a really important character, and then she dies. Yep. So at this point, you're like, okay, what was the point of Chisa, which you don't find out until later, but um, man, I, I was just so excited because Hina was back, and we got Kirigiri back, and we got our egg, and our egg just wanted to be angry. Let the child be angry. <laughs> I know he's hope, but just let him let him have that anger. And fake you, Narukami's like, you d- you did this to the remnants of despair. How dare you? I'm going to kill you. He, oh, man, that was the beginning of my my despair affair with Munakata. <laughs> That's a f-ing great word or great use of words there, despair <laughs> affair. He just, oh, man, he's he's not likable at all in this, in, in the very, very beginning. Right. He just... He w- walks in on the freaking table like he owns the place. <laughs> I'm like, who are you? What are you doing? No, no normal person announces themselves by walking on the table. I mean, maybe you don't, but I, I mean, maybe I should. <laughs> yeah, people yeah. take me seriously if I stomped on tables constantly. <laughs> Which I mean, obviously, as we get on further through the show, we'll understand kind of like why he's so testy and angry, and he's he's a grump. He's yeah, that's a great word for it. He's a grump. He's a grump, but you also get like a really nice introduction to the new characters, and uh, you have some interactions with them. You kind of see how like Izayoi and Ando are are whatever they are. You, you can tell they're close, but then you have Ando making fun of Bandai with his adorable voice, and we cannot we can't get through this podcast without talking about how Bandai has the most adorable voice in the entire show. It's true. You would never expect both, it. No, you wouldn't. Like you, you see him, and he's like this big, beefy farmer guy, and he comes out, and he has this cute little voice. <laughs> and it, it's it's both in the dub and the sub, and and I love it. And I'm so so stoked that that happened. It basically, is the rest of episode one is kind of just like the framing device, like oh, Future Foundation's real mad at Nagi, and then whoops, Cheese is dead, and then hey, it's Monokuma. Guess what's yeah. gonna happen? <laughs> Shenanigans time. Uh, episode two. I mean, it, it, oh, go ahead. Episode two. Oh, oh, oh! This is when things start getting real. Yes. 
I put like killing game starts. It's basically zero escape. Juzo is violent. Uh, Bandai dies from forbidden action violation. Hina dead. With scare okay, quotes. can we talk about that? Which part? Because you <laughs> you remember my reaction with Hina. Oh yeah 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 yeah. I legitimately was so upset. I went to bed immediately after, and I went and bought donuts when I woke up in honor of her because you did. I thought they had killed my sweet donut child. <laughs> And then you posted a picture oh. on Tumblr of like you eating donuts, you're like in honor of Hina. I did, and and I thought it was super cute, but I was real upset because Hina is one of my favorite characters, which is surprising to everybody. Uh, nobody would have expected that, but um, she's she's adorable and she's beautiful and she has so much hope in her. And they killed her, except for not really, but that's week three. Spoilers. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was zero escape. That's that's what happened this week. I, I guess it was kind of <laughs> like I had heard rumblings about like how like you know the director of Don Rompa and the director of Zero Escape like they both like liked each other and respect each other's work so like they eventually they've talked about like wanting to work together so it made mm-hmm. sense that like this would be kind of like their homage to Zero Escape because they're just like oh we got wristbands and whoops if you mess up you're gonna get injected with poison and die it's like gee I wonder where they got that idea from <laughs> which I mean. The poison death was way more brutal than I ever expected it to be. Like Bandai, he was a big guy and mm-hmm. he he was in super pain and like the eye bleeding and everything. Yeah. Oh. That it shows you right there like from week 2, poison is bad news. You do not want to mess with these codes. I feel like that's just a general thought about life. Poison is bad news. <laughs> poison is bad. Stay away from that. But I mean Bandai really, he he got short in a stick on that. His code was lame. It was so easily triggerable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, witness violence by participants. Really? <laughs> Gee, I wonder if that's gonna happen. <laughs> right. Like, let's put this these people into a game where nobody trusts each other, and one of them punches people for a living. Like, come on. It's like come on. It's like they were giving out forbidden actions, and it's like. All right, you're going to be the sacrificial lamb here. Sorry. Right. Like, you know the mastermind, like, really has it out for that guy. I wonder what Bandai did to him to to make him hate him so much. Didn't like that voice, obviously. Oh, maybe. Which I guess I just spoiled it that the mastermind is a guy. Oops. Well, technically. Technically. We'll get into that later. Yeah. (laughs) There's a hierarchy. There is a hierarchy. Episode number three, Asahina's alive. She was just covered in ketchup. Great Gozu's uh, dead, though. Sad face. Yeah, Gozu. I mean, like, Gozu was being good guy, Gozu, and, like, carrying Naegi around and supporting him, and I was, man, and I also spelled, I misspelled thank God in my notes this week, because I was so excited <laughs> that Hina was alive. <laughs> um, so it's thank God, and thank has a G, so. Uh, also this week, though, you have to admit this was really, really funny, that this is when they're talking about like, oh, only a naive person would talk about what their code is, and then like immediately on broadcast, Nagi's like, "Hi, I'm Pope Nagi. My code is that I can't run in the hallway." Yep. Like, yep. Uh, Kiragiri's like looking in the camera like it's the office. <laughs> God, that that yeah, that they really should have done something like that. Uh, also on this episode, Hagakuri's outside getting shot at by helicopters. 
because he somehow also one of my favorite characters because he just never got inside and was just like oh, i'm just stuck out here guys don't worry about me well and they even make jokes throughout the series like nobody likes hagakuri so he's outside i'm like oh poor dude poor guy it's not his fault he's older than all of you and kind of is good at fortune telling right he has what 30 percent chance like he's not really that good at it. how is that his ultimate ability I mean, if 30% chance is the ultimate fortune teller, I mean, Oof. I don't want to know what the, the really bad ones are. <laughs> uh, and then the uh, the end of the episode is like, Munokata, I have this written down as, it's time to do to do, do, do duel with Naegi. <laughs> time to do to duel. <laughs> um, I also have written that this is the part where um, I started to really like Izayoi. Yeah. Um, quite a bit. And... Actually, my specifics are, I like Izayoi Sumi. He's cute as f*** with a neat design. <laughs> also, his eyeliner is on point the entire time. So, I mean, do you Do you think he does that like or that? is it Ruka who does that for him? I mean, he'd probably try to do it with a blade since he's the ultimate blacksmith. So, oh, we're, we're going to oh. assume that his lady friend helps him. This is bad imagery right there. Yeah, My eyes uh, hurt now. Uh, uh, why did I do that? <laughs> Let's move on to episode four in that case. <laughs> uh, Kirigiri begins her investigation, because of course she does. Uh, Ruruka, Ruruka and Seiko fight. Munokata and Tengen fight. And then yep. Gekugahara is revealed to be Monica. Uh, my notes this week are Grandpa got impaled. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So. And don't hurt Egg. I mean, that's just for every episode, essentially. It is. And so here's the thing, is that this week, I know we had a text message conversation about this. The Monica reveal freaked me out at first because I'm like, oh, no, what is Monica doing there? Um, for one, she's insane. Yeah. And two, she's got, like, swastika eyes, which, oh, my God. That Yeah. Ooh. I don't, um, so I I don't know if she had that in another episode or not, though. No, she had it in this episode too. I just checked. No, I mean like the game. Oh, oh, I don't, I don't know. I didn't play that game. Yeah. remember? I, no, I'm just like I'm just trying to. I'm voicing that out there. Oh, <laughs> but go ahead. Go uh, ahead with what you're saying. She she's horrifying, but um, also her design though is really cute. So I I can't I can't be super upset about that. But I remember that I freaked out initially, but then you talked me down. You're like they're not going to reveal themselves that quickly. Yeah, exactly. And, and I realized that you were right. So, um, I mean, that was really the big thing that happened that week other than Grandpa totally getting... Okay, can we talk about the fact that Tingen is, like, a freaking badass? Yeah. Like, he's, like, probably 70 years old and just kicking the crap out of Munakata this episode, and it's great. Because <laughs> at this point, you're just like, man, Munakata, you're a sh person. Like, yeah, old guy, beat this guy up. And then it's like, oh, right, man. So you're rooting for this old man to just beat the crap out of this kid. Yeah. And, and <laughs> also, that's the episode that he reveals he's got the the gun on his wrist, right? Or is that the episode before? It's one it doesn't of them. Matter. Anyway, he's he's got a cool wrist gun that he 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 can use. And um, anyway, this is the week that we realize that Tingen is like really really cool, and maybe we shouldn't underestimate him. Yeah, he's, and he's, then he, he gets impaled in the same episode. You're like, oh, well, okay then. 
you just look at him and you're like man this guy is just like some old dude who's unassuming it's like no just kidding <laughs> i really like the monica reveal though because i was like i was worried that they weren't going to tie in another episode or anything of that into this at all i thought i was just gonna be like oh this is just you know continuation from i guess technically from two and all that stuff so I was real excited about that, but I didn't. Obviously, I didn't think she was going to be the mastermind because that's just not the way Danganronpa operates. It's usually like, well, it's the penultimate chapter, penultimate episode, or whatever, and here's your mastermind. Yeah, that makes sense. Episode five. Delicious. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, Ruriko and Seiko still fighting. Juso in the Hina fight. Rip Tengen. Seiko dies from the attacker. Okay, I I also have in my notes this week that Tengen is officially shady as fuck. Because um, this is where he reveal he quote unquote reveals reveals to Munakata who the mastermind is. But they they basically right. just show his lips moving, and I was like, they don't great, thanks. Put it out there. Yeah. Also, though, again, building on the whole like he's a bad thing, just destroys Munakata's eyeball as he's getting like throat gutted. So and then before that, like catches his. Catches Minukata's blade with his hand. He's like, with Voop. his hand. He's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Yeah. Also, I guess it should be mentioned the blood is red in future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so everything is kind of brutal when it happens. A lot it, more like, gorier than I guess like what you'd see in any of the games or anything. Because like you know the pink blood, I guess was like it was, the rumor was that it was like to get. It's like some sort of censorship or censorship or something like that to get around right. all that stuff. But like this one is like, nah, dog, we're just going to do like real blood and it's going to be real gross and gory. And it splurts everywhere. Like mm -hmm. every single minor injury is just like. Yeah. <laughs> also, this was the episode with the secret door. Is this where uh, Izoya finds it? Uh, Yeah, that's the episode where he finds okay, right, the door. Right. And everyone's just like, and he's just like, huh? Huh? And everyone's like, yo, there's a door here. Well, everyone by me and like the viewers are like that. The viewers are like, this door is not going to be a real, real deal. Um, I mean, they, they can't pull that again after doing it in the first game. Yeah, the mastermind's going to be like, here's a secret door to get you out of the game. Of course, that's really what's going to be. No. But we don't find out what it is until way, way later. I think a few episodes later. Well, just go with me. Sorry, here. sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, like we get two deaths in this episode, which oh, I didn't even mention that. I forgot who died in this week. Old man and the uh, Seiko. Oh, Seiko, yeah. yeah. Which oh, so I guess this was one of the the, I mean, in in com in uh in the companion episode with despair, like yeah. it builds up the, the relationship between the three, which again you have to watch them in tandem to understand it, but um. You have the whole, like, fights between Seiko and Raruka. And you have uh, Seiko's really lame code of that, like, nobody can step on her shadow. Yeah. Uh, which seems kind of unfair, except for the fact that, like, most of the building is dark. Which, that's another thing, is that the color differences between Future and Despair as a whole. Crazy shenanigans. Like, everything's dark in Future. Like, really dark. So... You wouldn't think that the shadow would be a big deal until there's a ton of lights, and you're like, oh, okay, that's unfair. And that even kind of goes into, like, the character design, because, like, some of them are just, like, complete different. Like, Chisa specifically is, like, she looks like she's been 
taking like she did meth in between the time she did despair and got it to future yeah she doesn't even look like the same person and yuzo's got like green hair in despair and his hair is brown in future so i mean colors <laughs> colors are a big a big proponent in both of those i guess maybe it shows the the fall into despair that everything becomes dark in the future yeah See, that's a good I'm, way to I'm look at it. I'm saving you guys. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm making it super with the symbolism, and, and I, I'm helping you, you guys, build up your your reasonings on the colors. So you're welcome, creators. <laughs> uh, let's get to episode six. This is like this is the first real holy shit, it's about to pop off episode. I think. Uh, so Munakata, I guess at the end of the last episode, he injects himself with that whatever the hell that was. Did we ever really yep. find out what that was? He injects I'm assuming it was to help with his eye. Or something. Like, he injects himself with something. He becomes a lot more darker and despair looking. Gets an eye patch. Yeah. He goes to Chisa's body, stabs it, leaves a sword, but then gains like a fire sword afterwards. Egg has a bad dream about Kirigiri dying. Kirigiri's still investigating. She finds Izoya dead. And then debut after debut after debut happens. Uh, we get the debut of face. Byakuya Togami. Uh, Toko and Komaro debut, and then motherfucking Hajime Hinata is standing on like a pier, looking at boats, yeah. being like, "This is boring." <laughs> With a red eye. Yes. They they specifically show that he has a red eye. Yes. So it becomes like, is he still Izuru? Oh my god! And this episode, man, I was bummed because Yoi was adorable, and I've already mentioned this. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, he had the cool coat, and he had the weaponry, he had the eyeliner, and just dead and we had text message conversations about this i remember because we were trying to figure out how he died and i had to go through and zoom in multiple times right? to see that he had something purple under his eye so and they make it look Jerry's, like he's like he died from the attacker but that's obviously not the case and he also wasn't strung up because that was one of the big things is that they were all like suspended somehow right and he was not he was just on the ground he's like i got a knife in me ow ow <laughs> i'm dead and uh, Kiri has her uh, her detective skills when she's checking, and she uh, that's when she sees the makeup, right? Yes. But otherwise, it was just a bunch of me being upset that he was dead because I really liked him. <laughs> and me being excited that like all these debuts are happening, and they're tying it into Ultra Despair Girls. I was like, yeah! <laughs> and then Hinata's there, yeah! And there's But there was also that gross panty shot. Yeah. yeah. That was not necessary. Yeah. Sorry to ruin your high. It's true. I mean, that's that's a valid criticism of like that part of the show and like some parts of that game. Yeah, there's some. We want to we want to talk about Danganronpa another episode. Like, yo, there's a part where you have to massage Kamaru as a mini game, and it's real gross. Real gross. Anyways, <laughs> episode seven is basically Danganronpa another episode of the anime. Because it's basically Kamaro and Toko, they're about to go invade Monica's cool building that she has built. They find Monica, or they get surrounded by a bunch of Monokumas, and then Monica's like, hey, what's up? Uh, we're not going to fight later, I'm going to space. <laughs> and farts on them. Yeah. And then the Warriors of Hope are still alive, even though like the game basically says like they're dead. Or like some of them are. Like the first two, or like one or two of them... It seems like they're dead and like the other two kind of escape from there, but that's cool that they're alive. I don't know. 
they're gonna do something, I guess. They they this hung out with also, Monica too much. Uh, this was the episode where we get the reveal that someone will die because of Naegi as well. Yes. So that was a big, big point. Because Kamaro is able to contact Naegi through Robo Gekakuhara. And he's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean I'm, someone's going to die for me? Like, that's never happened. What? What? <laughs> uh, I like that episode, though, because I like DRA. But that was really the only point to that episode is like, here's where all these people are doing. All right. Well, we won't go back to them until like the finale. <laughs> Pretty much, and I wasn't really invested in that episode because that was the one game I had just read the wiki on yeah. instead of actually playing. You probably did the right thing there. <laughs> episode number eight, Kizakura violates his forbidden action of saving Kirigiri. Ruruka tries to brainwash Juzo. Doesn't work. Here comes Togami. <laughs> Basically, yeah, I think... I get... Oh, you want to say something first? I don't want to uh... talk all over you. This was the the week where I have don't eat corpse spit Gary. Right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> that was real gross. It it was gross, but like it also shows how smart this girl is because like who would have thought to do that? And of course it's Gary. <laughs> and this is also the the reveal of a Ando was the one who actually killed Yoi, which was a bummer. Mm -hmm. And it was emotional because we have the whole sacrifice situation with Oh, oh, that episode hurt. <laughs> Sacrifices all around. But then, like, Juzo, holy crap, that guy is a powerhouse. Yeah. Like, he gets impaled by a spear and has, I mean, a book thrown at him, which was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, and he gets brainwashed candy, and then he's like, nope, never mind. This isn't, this isn't going to happen. I also love how this episode ends because... From this point, and like from the beginning to this point, you have Juzo who is just like Munakata. That's it. The only thing I care about is Munakata. What he what he wants, what he needs, and then like he finds the the supposedly exit door, and he's like, "Screw this, I'm out." Let's yep. go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Well, okay, there goes his mission." Do they reveal like what's behind that door in this episode, or is that next episode? That was not this episode. Okay. Uh, this episode is just him trying to open the door and Ando is pulling on him because her code is that she cannot have anybody leave the playing field, which, which is why she killed her boyfriend. And technically it wouldn't have mattered anyways, because as we get into the next episode, spoilers, we're underwater. <laughs> <laughs> we're underwater. Whoops. Uh, Munakata grabs everyone's forbidden action from the robot. DR1 cast reunion. Uh, Munakata stabs Juzo because he's like, I'm so full of despair. Gosh. Uh, you know why. Yeah. Ruruka dies from the attacker in a very violent way. Yeah. Oh, man. She had like fabric under her fingernails and uh, she had like pieces of her missing. Her eyes were all red. I mean, she was she had candy everywhere. She was destroyed. It was the most brutal attacker death we'd seen. Yeah, up to yeah, this yeah. Point. And we'll get into like how that kind of contradicts like what happens a, re a revelation later on, Ugh. and then this is the episode that really bummed me out. Yep, I remember we had many many talks that week on me trying to cheer you up because mm -hmm. um, Kirigiri has the most nonsensical code. I mean, besides Bandai, yeah, and that yeah. she she was not 
allowed to pass the fourth sleeping time with Nayagi alive. And so once they all wake up, they see her and she's got like the poison face and all. And you're like, oh, God, no. Kind of a poison face. Kind of a poison face. Um, Like I was like, I was real bummed out. And then like you sent me this video. You're like, did did. you see this? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like I had to look at it like three or four times. I was like, what are you? I I actually had to point it out to (laughs) you. Yeah. They go to like they go to the trouble of like once all three of them run over to Kirigiri, like there's just something rolling away from her. Just casually. And it's just in that one shot, and they don't ever mention it again until like the finale. And it's just like Well what was that? What was that bottle that just rolled away from Kirigiri? And that gave me hope. It was also a very emotional scene where she takes off her gloves to yeah. to hold Naegi's hands right before the the sleeping time. I'm like, <laughs> but then like immediately after that, you know, like that's it. She's done. Like you can't have emotional scenes like that in this series and survive. Like the whole time, it's like they're gonna fucking kill her off. Like what the f- these motherfuckers. <laughs> so. We're in super deep despair in this episode until I find the bottle. And the entire time, I'm like, please don't get your hopes up because if it's not true, I don't want to upset you. (laughs) I'm just like, man, it's my one thing of hope. I need it. I need it. (laughs) The bottle. The bottle. Hashtag the bottle. (laughs) Uh, Episode 10 is basically the, the, the showdown between Munakata and Naegi. Yeah, and so, like, this is the episode that confirms to me that, like, Nagy is pretty bad because <laughs> he was going to kill a man. Yeah. He was <laughs> he not happy. To him. It's like, but he also got shot in the leg, which is kind of lame. And It's also a really okay. good reaction when he gets shot. He's like, he gets shot, and he's like, ah, and yeah, it falls over. <laughs> and we have superhero fire hydrant in this episode. Like, his his luck is perfect because he he has this this fire hydrant thing that he's he's gonna uh, the fire extinguisher and he's going to use that against uh, Munakata and it doesn't work and Munakata is mocking him and somehow gets thrown away and then like pops back and bonks yeah. him in the head like yeah <laughs> fire extinguisher for the win the one true hero but it was also the episode where we get. A, a pretty solid confirmation that there there are romantic feelings between uh, Kirigiri and Naegi, even though Kirigiri is technically dead in this episode. Right. And you get the whole, like, real, real sob scene of him saying that, you know, even if she were despair, even if, like, this was the situation, he's glad that he met her. I'm like, oh. Which is kind of like the opposite my, my, of Munakata at that point, considering, like, We'll get into that. I guess maybe like, the real veil is like next episode or something. But like, Chisa has definitely been despaired. Like, yeah, for Chisa, sure. Uh, I, also, Nagi is friggin' smart. Like, I know that I mentioned that he was going to kill a man, but also he realized that Munakata's code was that he couldn't open doors. Yeah. <laughs> and so he used that against him. He's like, yeah, you're not going to kill me because you can't get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dang, kid. That's awesome. Good job. They don't, I was proud of him. They don't call him the, him the ultimate hope for nothing. I know. I, I just said I wanted to pat him on his little head, but he's taller than me, and that just makes me feel despair. And you would poke your, your hand on his uh, hoge. 
I would. <laughs> um, also, the very end of this episode is when you see the ship leaving Jabberwock. Yes. Who is on the ship? Did everybody make it on the ship? Where is the ship Question going? marks. Question marks. And then also uh, Hina's like, I know who the mastermind is. Kirigiri figured it out. I know now. Man, I love Hina. And that's basically, that leads into the next episode where... Okay. Uh, uh, uh. Which really the master, I guess it's not technically the mastermind. It's like they, well, technically it is, but it's basically like, oh, everyone just committed suicide. There was no attacker. <laughs> Which is still a real <laughs> way to do that because like, how the f*** did Rurika split herself apart like that? Right. And I mean, like, I understand what they were going for and that the whole idea is that they use your demons against you to make you commit suicide. And they were trying to demonstrate, like, Raruka has some real bad demons yeah. from what happened. And But, I mean, holy crap, that's that's intense. And, and so I was a little bummed out about the whole su suicide thing. I was still fully on board. I have in my notes that I was still fully on board with the fact that Chisa was mastermind at this point right. because since they were using videos, I'm like, somebody can't participate in this game. So they're either already dead or they're in the game. And like, because of my, my knowledge of Chisa, knowing that she was despair, like that, that was still what I was holding on to. Chisa was the mastermind, yeah. but also we got the, the 78 class flashbacks and, uh, and Nagi's, Suicide video. Yes. That's uh, true. Man, that was brutal. Yeah. Seeing Mondo as butter with his jacket <laughs> on it. And uh, baseball. What's his name? Leon. Leon, thank you. Uh one one zero three seven. Yes. <laughs> he uh he was beat to hell. I mean, it, it was it was hard to watch that. He took but... quite a few baseballs to the face. <laughs> I know. Well, not just the face. I mean, he took it all over. But ooh, wasn't was um uh Celeste like on fire as well? Yeah, Celeste was on fire. Everybody was bleeding. I mean, it was it was intense. Yeah. Also, Juzo is somehow alive after getting skewered by by Munakata. This is Juzo's <laughs> redemption hour. It is. It's his redemption hour. He he cut off his arm so he could survive the the sleeping time and saved Nagi and basically said, "You're not allowed to commit suicide because I'm going to kill you." Yeah. <laughs> um, but man, what a beautiful brood of a man. He he saved the day at that point, sort of. We'll get into that. So he was alive somehow and bleeding everywhere. Yeah. But he he turns off the power in the in the room. And everyone's and, wrist thing goes off. Right, the wristband goes off, the TVs go off, and he's he's only worried about Munakata living. That's all he cared about. And so it was it was a real sad scene because you have him dead and holding on to the power switch and Munakata gets there too late and it was it was rough. But also you get the the Tingin text. Yeah, because every, everyone thinks like, you know, after the power's out, like, hey, we're done. We can leave now. And then it's like, and then Ryota gets a text message from Tengen. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> and basically everyone's like, oh, man, Tengen's the mastermind now. This, this proves it. And it's like, no. Mm. I mean, maybe he is. Maybe. Is he? Ooh. Uh, that leads us to the finale. Tiered mastermind. Of future. So we got, we have the tiered mastermind of, we got Junko. 
even though she's dead, she basically still is mastermind of all of this, considering it's like yeah. she led everyone into this. Uh, Chisa brings everything, like the materials, the videos, to Tengen, who then falls into despair. And then he uses Ryota in a weird way to try and brainwash everyone into watching this Hope video, which never really happens until the very, very end. It should also be mentioned that Madurai was not supposed to be in the game yes. in the first place. Yes. He was not supposed to be there. That was not part of Tengen's plan. And then he like he shows up and Tengen's like, what are you doing here? But also we had the point where, so Juzo is pretty much like, he messes up everything. Literally everything he touches is a screw up. And... So while he ended the game, he also made it so that Madurai could show his hope video because his his uh, bracelet code was that he could not use his abilities. And so then it becomes this weird hope showdown. As it usually always does. <laughs> um, and I actually have in my notes, you are Hope Junko because... Yeah. He, he has it in his brain that he could just brainwash people into hope where she was trying to brainwash people into despair. So, like, it's the exact opposite. You don't brainwash people. Nayagi the entire time is like, how many times do I have to tell you people that you can't just f***ing create hope like that? <laughs> that poor child. Like, come on. I'm tiny here. We find out that Togami and Hagakuri survived the explosion, which was great. Togami coming in with like his own dudes to like fight the future foundation strike team or whatever it was. Saving Nayagi. Yeah. Uh, Hina gets shot. Which it was in the lake, kind of like how Nayagi got shot. So it was like, everyone was like, oh no, she's going to die. It's like, yo, like she would have to bleed out for like a couple days in order to die from that kind of wound. And then I saw the ending of this before you did. So I was like, oh, I know Jared's going to love this, but. I, I, I. I haven't told you this, but I inadvertently got my hopes up in a different reason for this. <gasps> oh, no, you didn't tell me. Because I thought, like, I was like, is this going to be the Kirigiri reveal? Oh, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't. It wasn't. Hajime. But I was happy either Hajime. way. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, that's motherfucking Hajime Hinata. I know that that pointy hair. <laughs> With a bunch of dead guards. Dead? You could, you could, they could be knocked out. Okay, they could be knocked out, but I mean He's been reformed. He, okay, I'll give you that. But either way, he's gonna he's gonna wreck some stuff. That leads to hope, which we'll get to here in a little bit. Let's Yeah. Let's talk about despair though, because despair right. kinda has some stuff. Kinda has some stuff, yeah. That's how you describe uh, it. Yeah, that's one way to put it. So this is when I realized that Chisa was shady. Yeah. Um yeah. because it opens despair with her watching basically future and she's like oh i died and then like okay you're narrating this is a problem when you're narrating there's something shady about you which actually they tie that back into future the last episode of future right because she's back in that theater and then she's watching of junko right and they they basically do like a A weird recap recap but junko's eating popcorn and chisa is sitting with her and so the theater is kind of a weird framing device, but yeah, this is when I'm like, hmm, I started to suspect her mm-hmm. immediately mm-hmm. when she was in that theater. The first few episodes also, are... Go ahead. We have Chiaki, the actual Chiaki, yeah. not AI. 
which I know a lot of people were upset about, but Nanami is back and she's beautiful and I love her <laughs> and it, it it made me feel all happy inside. It was kind of weird, especially because they're like, Danganronpa is a very f***ed up and sad franchise. And like the first few episodes of Despair, considering the the word despair is used in the title of like the, the these episodes, it's like everything's like all happy and nice and what the f*** going on this isn't right it was colorful yeah and oh man they had that great jurassic park joke with uh with nico he he was in the bathroom and the the water pail starts rippling and like jurassic park <laughs> and it's no it's just him taking a massive massive deuce <laughs> so uh you know he's living up to his his reputation i guess and that was the cool thing about that episode is that you get your like reintroduction to all the the two kids. Yeah. And they're all introduced in their very unique ways. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you get the cute little wave from Chiaki to Hajime uh, at the end when she's sitting there playing her game and over Chisa's shoulder and she's waving by. Like, whoa. <laughs> I love you guys. Which is basically the closest we'll get to ever a DR2 anime. And I know like yeah, people... I- eventually were upset considering like oh it didn't show them well it's like well this is a different story what do you expect right this isn't the story about like it's not the story of two it's the story of what builds up to everything mm-hmm. it's like uh, if Danganronpa Zero was good oh god can we not talk about Zero <laughs> Zero makes me so angry so we we both read that I mean you started reading it and then I read it because we thought like oh they're gonna probably incorporate some of this into despair right which they right I felt like it was important they kind of do it's like here's a cameo shot of like two of the characters from that show that's it it's such a poorly written novel um I mean I understand that the style of novel that it is like it's gonna be choppy and weird and it, but it's super creepy yeah. and I there <laughs> I don't think I will ever get over the fact that uh, they talk about Home Alone and Macaulay Culkin, and <laughs> Macaulay Culkin is Culkin Coon throughout the entire book. I do, I do kind of wonder though, like just to kind of play devil's advocate, like how much of the bad writing is just like a translation issue of like I, of, I also wonder of people just like you know, you know that's basically a fan translation. So, but at the same time, like there's a lot of that that's real bad, badly written, and I think. I wonder as well, since we kind of got spoiled on the reveal of the main character in that story in Despair, yeah. if that also kind of took away a big impact of that story as well. But it's it doesn't make up for like the bad writing or anything. No, it, it was it was garbage, and it doesn't make up for the fact that it was just horrifically creepy. I mean, yeah. it it was gross, and I mean, ugh. ugh. Which there are gross stuff in like the games as well, but like I feel like that Not took it that to a level. different level, yeah. I mean, like the despair opening has um, Akane's panties just yeah, out there. Yeah, that's a bummer. I'm like, why? Why are we doing this? Yeah. Actually, speaking of creepy, week two <laughs> in despair had that oh, whole like aphrodisiac soup. I forgot about that. Oh, I'm going to remind you right now of the aphrodisiac <laughs> Swoon. It, uh, swoon, swoon. <laughs> um, uh, but we also got that great double dragon. Yeah. 
Yeah. My my episode notes for this is literally just Chiaki plays games with everyone, which is kind of true because they put like fake Smash Brothers and like fake Fortune Street or something like that. And then she she talks about the and Mario Kart. Yeah, and then she talks about Double Dragon Two, which hey, if you guys have never played Double Dragon Two, Double Dragon Two is the rawest, realest opening to a video game ever created, past, present, future. You literally see like the whole thing of we're gonna get Double Dragon spoilers here. Double Dragon 1 is you, like, getting your kidnapped girlfriend back. The opening of Double Dragon 2 is literally the villains shooting your girlfriend in front of you. Yep. The rawest ever in video games. I don't think you can call yourself a gamer unless you play Double Dragon 2. I'll, I'll just put that out there. I mean... If you have PS4, it's up on Arcade Archive, me. so you can go get it that way. <laughs> And it's cheap. We also got um, we got the whole beautiful scene of Taylor Swift do. Oh God! <laughs> I I actually kept that on my phone for quite a while, just so if I was feeling bummed out, Taylor Swift do. That's real good. That's real good. <laughs> but this is when Chiaki realizes that she can make friends through video games. Yeah. Which she then later uses with Hajime, which is kind of cool. But yeah, that aphrodisiac could have just gone away uh that was and then this is basically the end of all the happy episodes yep the end (laughs) because the next episode is uh is famous from dr2 yep i literally have twilight syndrome murder oh no things are bad and then hinata agrees to the kamakura plan this is where i have rut row isaru time (laughs) 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 but you also our protagonists in both of these uh, these series, uh, Future and Despair, they keep getting hurt. Stop hurting our, our, our beautiful child. Like, ugh. Um, because Hajime gets the crap beat out of him by Juzo in this episode. Which there's a great dub line after oh, that. that such a good one. <laughs> Where, like, Chisa finds him and he's just like, what happened to the guy you beat up? He's like, which, which one? one? <laughs> <laughs> Like, gee, thanks, Juzo. Oh, man. But, I mean, this was essentially just, like, a recap of Twilight Syndrome murder case in case people missed it um, from two. And And in, like, a different perspective as well. It is, yeah. So it was nice, but at the same time, you're like, well, okay, all the happiness is over because people people are starting to get murdered. Which leads to the next episode. Ugh! Which I literally just have as Komaida tries to blow up the school. Um, mine is Komaeda is the worst. Both acceptable answers. <laughs> um, Yoi was always cute. I have that. I have Delicious again. God. <laughs> uh, I have Ando. You have problems. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so my issue with this episode is that Komaeda he ruined lives. He ruined at least Yoi, Ando, and Seiko's lives. He got them expelled. Yeah. He. He got Chisa put into basically fired, demoted, whatever you want to say, um, from her class. And they're like, well, he has a lot of hope. That's a good talent. We're, we're, we're just going to suspend him for now. He's, I'm like, he's, he's, really? His talent's not even hope, though. It's just luck. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Luck. Not hope. He likes hope a lot. He's got a b- for hope. He does. He's, ugh. Ugh. I, <laughs> this child, I have issues with him. Um, but there was a giant cute puppy in this episode, and also Gundam befriends giant cute puppy, and 
you can't really go wrong with that. You can't. But I, I, Komaeda is like my least favorite character in this entire series, and that's saying a lot because there are some jack characters in this series. The sound you hear now is all of Tumblr turning off this podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Oops. Yeah. I just ruined everything. Episode five. I, Kind of like Komaeda does. He oh, oh, jokes. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh, God, this is the introduction of Junko and Mukuro. Oh, God, yeah. they made me so uncomfortable in this episode. Like, we were talking about how Zero was uncomfortable and gross. Like, yeah. their relationship was... Ugh. Which I guess their relationship is kind of like that in Zero. Yeah, But not to is. this extent. Because <laughs> you're like, you, um, you, hear, you hear, like, there's a mythos to Mukuro... Considering, like, she yeah. doesn't really have much screen time in one, and, like, the only other thing that's really prominent with her is Zero, and then the non-canon Danganronpa If. So it's like, if. oh, she's, like, this this bad assassin, she's the ultimate soldier, yada, 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 and then, like, you just see her, and she's like, wants to get up Junko's butt. Right, she's just, like, a drooling mess over her sister, and I'm like, oh, like, That's weird. And then, like, her sister is consistently trying to kill her, so I guess we shouldn't be surprised that she did eventually, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I It made me really uncomfortable. But we also found out in this episode that um, the imposter is actually covering for Matarai, who's yeah. making his anime. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of an interesting reveal. Because that was one of the I, things I, like, I, I noticed in one of like the earlier episodes, and I was like... Yo, they have the same tie. <laughs> I remember texting you that. <laughs> and it was like, oh, that's just the imposter. Whoops. <laughs> and you have Chiaki real upset because Hajime never came to play video games with her. Yeah. What a jerk. He's too busy being all talented and junk. And sitting in a room by himself. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, this is boring. He's like, no shit, you're not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, at least give the man a TV. Nope. He's computer. got a bed. That's it. <laughs> He has a bed and his hair, his fabulous, God. fabulous hair, which there was discourse on his hair being smooth. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that. No. <laughs> there was a ton of discourse on Tumblr about like how Izuru's hair used to be like really spiky and all over the place. And like, no, his hair's smooth. This isn't okay. And it was hilarious to me. <laughs> ah, the discourse. Ah, I love it. <laughs> the discourse. Uh, that leads into the next episode where Chisa get some stuff from I think like Juzo or someone and as she learns about uh, the Kamakura project she does the password is uh, curry rice and it's on a post-it note right, on the computer right. uh, Junko meets Izuru and then also Junko meets Ryota Junko just meets everyone this episode yeah and she has that uh, that disgusting scene with uh, the um, board member where she's putting like soup Ooh, in his right, eye right and then she takes his eye and puts it with her food. And I have a note of, no, don't keep that with your food. No, unsanitary. Um, but that's how she gets in to see um, So she she fangirls pretty hard over him. Yes, and, queen. Uh, he he beats the crap out of her, which you know, thank God somebody needed to beat the crap out of her, <laughs> but he didn't do it well enough because she survives. Yeah, he's just kind of like. I'm just gonna mess with you, whatever. Get out of here. I don't care. Yeah. And Junko's like so, despair, blah blah blah. He's like despair. That's real dumb. <laughs> yeah. All right, Junko. Time to knock you out because you're talking way too much. And then Junko meets the anime lover, and she's like, 
I could use this boy. Ah, uh, that the anime boy. Good lord. Uh, and then episode seven's the the oh the, god the big episode the tragedy. The big episode. This was the tragedy that we finally saw animated, which the cute bunny girl. I loved her, and then she died. They all die. They all died, and it was hard to watch. We both talked yeah. about this, like even with the pink blood. Which thank God they had the pink blood. Some of those just um, murders were just gruesome. Like the the couple, they, yeah, they were gonna shoot themselves, and then they get skewered, and then he's just like banging the shovel oh. into her, and she's saying how much it hurts. Like, oh my God, it is the worst. Uh, it it was. But also, I know that the two of us had big discussions because one of the big plot points in Zero is that somebody survives that event. The student council president. um, Which one? The student council president. There you go. And then is later murdered to protect Junko. Yes. And we're like, he couldn't have survived it because his dang head is off his body. Yeah, (laughs) he kind of gets chainsawed. So I don't know if that was a retcon or if it was a mistake or, you know, I saw people on Tumblr saying that, um, you know, he just got a head wound and he was fine. Yeah, that's just a head wound. <laughs> I mean, if you want to call that a head wound, like his head is detached from his body. That's a pretty intense head wound. <laughs> uh, it was a hard episode to watch, though. I, I um, actually rewatched the dub and... Uh, I had to kind of skip through parts of that because I, I didn't really want to see it again. Understandable. Um, but man, the bunny girl. I love her and I'm sad she's dead. Rip in peace. <laughs> Rip in peace. Or in, in her case, maybe pieces. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then also like the, the reserve course gets uh, notified of all this. They're real mad. And then also, right. and also Chucky's sad about Kianita still. And uh... Junko actually pins all the blame on Izuru, which we see in this episode was not actually the case. He's just like there. He's like, he's just there. I'm just watching. Oh, this is weird. Whatever, guys. Uh, I guess he kind of sort of leads to the death of the last guy, but... Um, it's all the other guy's fault, clearly. Don't be handling I mean, a chainsaw if you do not know how to operate one. Right, don't run around with chainsaws. That's a bad idea. <laughs> uh, next episode... Hits the fan a lot. Sumiki. Um. Oh, what? Do you want to say something? Again, Komaeda. Yes. Go ahead. Sumiki <laughs> so turns to despair. Komaeda has a gun. <laughs> and then oh, Chiaki meets Izuru that, yeah. and, and Junko. Yeah, so how does Komaeda know everything? That was the thing that bothered me about this is that he came in and he knows who Mukuro is. He knows how to, like, get her out of the picture. He knows where the statue is. Like, he knows too much and it's never explained. He looked into all the information. I guess so. And, you know, he's got a gun. And he has Uh, a butt. Is that the episode with the butt? It has to be because that's his return, right? Or it's one of the previous episodes. Either way, they show Kamaya's butt and it's like, what the f*** are you doing? I don't want to see that dude's butt. I mean, if you ever want to see Kamaya's butt, (laughs) you're in for a treat with despair. Which knowing Um, Tumblr, yeah. So Komaeda always just screws everything up, and I, I hate this child. And he could have ended it if he didn't have to freaking monologue. And then he's sitting there monologuing at Junko about like how her despair doesn't count, and blah 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 blah. And then like goes to shoot her, his gun doesn't work. Um, and then he he gets shot by Izuru. <laughs> Izuru just does like this fancy like swooping around, like 
I also have good luck. I'm going to take this gun now. Well, for some reason, it's beautiful. Like, it's, <laughs> it's all colored so just like pastel. And you're like, what is happening right now? But it's it's gorgeous. And it's so swoopy. And his hair is all pretty. And, and then bang. Was, and then he gets shot. And you're like, oh, well, Kobayeda. You know, good thing you had your your um your handbook there. Good old luck. Uh, that that child. Like I said, he could have ended it, and he just had to keep talking because that's who he is. And Chiaki's like, "You're Hidata, aren't you?" And he's like, "I don't know what you're talking about." Who are you? I have long hair now. Clearly, I'm not that person. <laughs> Why did you just become like the Yu-Gi-Oh dub? <laughs> That's that's my new dub voice for uh, Izuru. Oh, okay. it's gonna catch okay. on. I, I, I should do this voice for Izuru instead. <laughs> it just changes halfway through the dub. Yeah. Like, what happened? And I got some really good advice. What can I say? <laughs> Episode number nine. Also known as in my notes, abort. <laughs> Chisa becomes despair finally. Which kind of confirms all of our suspicion. Yeah. And like, yeah. she like has an orgasm or something when she's getting lobotomized as well. It's real weird. Yeah. And then she leaves Shaki and the rest of the class into a trap. Specifically Shaki. Yeah, she gets she gets dumped into like a trash bin. By Sumiki. <laughs> she's like, whoop, um, later. <laughs> bye. And also, um, Junko shows that she can, like, make people commit suicide in this episode with the reserve student who just, like, saws through his neck. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, that was pretty rough to watch, too. And he's, like, sitting there crying about, like, how he doesn't want to do it. And he's just, like, repeatedly sawing into his neck in front of Chisa. No bueno. Again, abort. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> uh that leads um, us to uh we don't talk about this week we don't talk about week 10 okay I'll, I'll say something about week 10 that doesn't involve the, anything penultimate episode is basically the 77 class going into despair it is and a lot of also and a lot of was gay oh yeah yeah that's the the juzo turning on munukata episode uh well, yeah, o- well um, i guess that's technically next week but it sort of begins that way because junko's like ah you have feelings for him and that beautiful piece of art she created of him, like, being in love <laughs> with Murakata. Uh, it's like a Sailor Moon episode or something. Uh, it, it's it's beautiful. But that's when Juzo decides that he uh, he can't turn in Junko because she would reveal him as gay and with feelings for Munakata. And he doesn't want to risk his, his friendship. So, um, uh, Juzo, good job. You, uh... You help create worldwide despair, because um, I mean, you know, it's rough though. Like you, you got to sympathize with a guy that yeah. you know he 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 was in love with his friend and didn't want to ruin that. But um, and you know that he's got some mega guilt after that. And like, also, like, just think of like he's like he's the ultimate boxer, super high school level boxer. Like, combat sports is such like a masculine thing. Right. That like that just like would impede on like you know his form masculinity as well. So that's probably another another layer to all of that. All I will say about this week is that I legitimately was full on sobbing. I I was crying. I was hurting. Like 
It was rough. It was, it, I mean, it wasn't even like a quick and it's done moment. No. Like they dragged it out. It was painful. And, oh, man, I, I don't know. I, you felt despair. I, I can't watch that again. Period. You're gonna, the dub's going to come up and you're like, oh, man, I can't believe they skipped this episode. Why did they skip, skip week 10? <laughs> Why would they do that? Whoops. Ugh. So finale episode of Despair, which was one episode shorter than Future, which will... Uh, Chisa is absolutely Despair, 100% yes. confirmed. Chisa and Juzo lie to Munakata about Junko. Uh, Junko uses the 77th class, or she's basically like, she gets the idea to do that. Izuru is like, yo, peace, Junko, I'm out. I need to find the answer between hope and despair while I'm casually holding Chiaki's hair clip. Naegi slips. <laughs> oh my god, that scene... <laughs> It's uh, during a whole like conversation with Junko and Mukuro, like they can't predict Naegi and his luck. And um, so Junko just like even lobs a wrench at his head or something. What was it a wrench? I think, I think it was, it was something a like a wrench. Yeah. And that poor child just slips and falls and misses it. And I love that kid. I love our egg. And Maizuno is just like, oh, I should probably help him. But then later I'm just going to frame him for murder. So. Yeah. No worries. I, that was great. Also, the music in this episode was fabulous. Yeah. Um, Like, on point. But also, it was pretty rough to watch because pretty much the entire episode is just, like, the reserve kids losing it. And, yeah. Uh, like, you have them running into the fire at one point. I'm like, ooh. Jumping from the building. It's like Tengon right. and um, uh, Headmaster Kirigiri's bro are, like, leaving. It's like, whoop, there's yeah. some bodies falling. <laughs> Well, and this was when I made the joke about it's raining men. Yep. <laughs> God. Um, but the ending of it. Oh, my God. Yep. Man, uh, Tumblr threw a shit about this one. <laughs> you know what, though? I was so excited because yeah. seeing the two of them together again made me really happy. And now that it's pretty much been confirmed that Chucky AI was, was made by Izuru... Which, like, like they, they kind of go against that, though, in the finale. Sort of-ish. Because she's like, oh, I was brought about because of everyone's thoughts and feelings. But, like, right. you could also, you know, say, like, Ezra was like, he could have pushed that a bit. Be like, oh, who out of everyone would all of these people like to see again? And it's like, well, of course it's going to be Chucky. <laughs> right. And I think pretty much what's implied is that, like, she was built, but then, like, everybody wanted to see her anyway, so it didn't really matter. Yeah. If that makes sense. But anyway, it was great to see them animated in their, in their two clothes and to see them shake hands and be all happy and for Kamaida to just disappear, which was nice. <laughs> which everyone's like, oh, no, he wasn't. He was there. He was right behind Hinata. And he's like, yo. Why did they make it run away? He's like, have you ever heard of perspective changes in camera work? Like, that that kind of thing happens, Well, guys. and he also wasn't the focus of that scene. That's also the true. The focus was the handshake, so. <laughs> uh, so despair's over. Future's over. Hope. It's time for some hope. The best um, ending. I have haters gonna hate. <laughs> I have everything in all caps. Great, good ending. What more could you ask for? Kirigiri fall in love. <laughs> Kirigiri fall in love. I guess, uh... I let the babies be happy, guys. I mean, right? Yeah, they've been through so much, and 
just just let them be happy. And so I really liked how Hope ended because it was a happy ending. It was a good ending. And, um, you know, it was a really great wrap-up, honestly. Yeah. It's supposed to be the end of the Hope's, Hope's Peak arc. And this was a very solid ending. Considering all they had to do with, like, with Future and Despair, like... I know we were kind of getting worried as like the episodes were winding down of like, are they going to be able to wrap this up like in time or like even in like a, a good manner. And like, yeah. I feel like that hope episode just nailed it constantly. I agree. And I mean, the intros for all the two kids were just amazing. Mm-hmm. We had these, these great scenes with them coming in to save the day. And Oh man, I was, I was cheering. I was so excited Gundam had so many hamsters. <laughs> uh, I mean, how can you hate that? How can you hate that? It was great. And it was such a surprise, too, that, like, all of the DR2 cast is there. Considering, like, I guess, like, it is Junko who says, like, oh, if you decide to go through your rehabilitation, like, all of those people will be dead. Or, right. like, in a coma or something. So, which maybe maybe that still, that still is true, but, like, Izuru, you know, he has all the talents, like, he could revive people. Right. And I think that's what's implied is that because they had somebody there with the ultimate talent, which I guess we should mention at this point that Hajime is Hajime, but he still has all of Izuru in him. So now he has like dual eyes. Yeah. He's got one red eye and one green eye going back to the whole scene where they showed the red eye. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I think they imply that his talents were able to save them. And so they're all happy and well fed and, great uh, and there's very minor maiming we have we have uh, Komaeda with his metal hand where like the entire time he's talking it's just like you know I actually came up with something I didn't mean to cut you off there but like we've we've talked about like here and there like how you know he had the Junko hand yeah, and like how it never seemed to like rot off or anything ugh ultimate luck <laughs> right right like it just um, he just he has luck so like his that hand's never gonna rot off until like he just cuts it off i guess to get robo arm also i thought this episode was really really sweet because um it shows multiple times that hajime still has the pen he still yes. has Jack's pen so um that was great and they took responsibility for everything uh, I, th- I think our big point of this is that Kirigiri is fine. Yeah! I mean, everybody was happy. She smiles! Yeah! Beautiful, beautiful smile. She was... Oh, and also, Munakata gets a nice coat. He gets a f***ing badass <laughs> coat. What are you talking about? It's it's great. So, Nayagi becomes headmaster. They rebuild the, the school. And there's so many smiles. And... Hina's back in her outfit, her regular outfit, and she's she's so happy and well fed, and I love everybody. I want them, I want them to be, I want them to be happy too. So I was glad with this, and also, like you said, they have the the ghost Nanami scene, yeah, um, where she's basically saying that everybody wanted to see her again, and that they're different people, but that you know, hope won. Only other thing I have in this is that. Uh, it was pretty, pretty funny when they had uh, Komaeda Nayagi talk. Yeah. He's like, uh, oh, man, I love your hope. It's real cool. Your luck is real good. Oh, I'm getting carried away later. <laughs> He's fangirling so hard. And Akane and uh, Nico are just like, nope, 
Let's go. Yep. They just pick him up and carry him off. They're like, we know, we know what he'll do. We need to get you away from him. Yeah, it was, it was good. And you have the the protag nods. I wish there was more protag interaction. I will, I will admit that. But like, that's I, I do. But they, that's they real good. Mikan, you know, she's my hero. It's almost weird, I, like I, how much like she's the biggest one that changes. Because like into yeah. she reverts back into her despair form, and which everyone's mm-hmm. like. What the what is wrong with her? And like, you know, she was the first one to like really dive headfirst into despair in despair right. arc. So like to see her actually like be normal and be the <laughs> one that revives Kirigiri, it's like way to redeem yourself, Sumiki. Yeah, no kidding. Ah, uh, what a happy ending. I know. I loved it. You know, I know people are upset because they're like, Ooh, they've never had definitive endings before and it's such a happy ending. It's like fan fiction. I'm like, you know, I want something happy after everything yeah. that we've all been through. After everything they've been through, let them be happy. I'm sorry you're f-ing so bummed out about not being able to be ha- or being happy. Like, oh man, what a terrible thing. <laughs> it's like, and like, you know, like, those games have kind of had definitive endings, but then they just, like, they made sequels from them. Like, DR1 right. is kind of a definitive ending. DR2, kind of a, def- well, less of a definitive ending, but still kind of a definitive definitive ending. Another episode kind of doesn't count because it's, you know, in between those two. But that's still a definitive, definitive ending. <laughs> definitive ending. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, they tell you from the beginning, this is the end of Hope's Peak. Right. <laughs> Like, you're going to get an ending. They're not going to leave it open-ended because they're not going to continue anything from this. And they tell you that straight up in the title. That's why the new game is called New Danganronpa V3. Like, this is a completely different thing from everything we've done before. Right. <sighs> Maybe those people will be happy when they get their, their Komida DR2 anime when DR3, or new um, DR3 comes out. I will out. avoid that like the plague. <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked that you would say that. <sighs> I'm sorry. <laughs> And I guess, like, as well, like, I like the ending that is just, like, you know, the DR2 kids are going to head back to Jabberwock, most likely, because they're just, they just want to get the f*** away from everything. Like, they, they just want to live their life. Right. Let them live. Let them be happy. And also, like we said, Jabberwock's not a bad place no. to retire. <laughs> it's a like, great place. It's got a beach. It's got a theme park. It's got grocery stores. It's got a farm. I mean, it's got, like, a military base. You can't go wrong. It's got a nice hotel. I guess, like, if you have to, like, if you need resources, like, call up Togami and be like, hey, buddy, we need some money. <laughs> Can you send some stuff hey. or something? <laughs> hey, <laughs> space, come bring us something. <laughs> and then, like, also, like, I mean, you talked about the DR1 kids having, like, they go back to Hope's Peak and rebuild it. And then Munakata's just like, yo, I gotta go do my own thing. I mean, let the guy mourn. He's yeah. Had a hard, he's had a hard few days. He really, like, if anyone, he needs time. Like, cause it's like, he figures out, like, his. His two best friends lied to him, fell into despair. His love interest was basically, quote unquote, love interest. And Chisa was a. Entirely despair. Yeah, a for huge a proponent long of that. Time. He. And essentially started this thing. Yeah. She, oh, and, you know, he was partially responsible for his best friend's death. And, I mean, he. Let him mourn. He needs let time. Him <laughs> I think it would be like. With his cool jacket. Yeah. Really, though, like, the, here's the one thing they should do with Munakata. Platinum game spinoff game with Munakata. I would play that And so his two hard. swords, be like, Ugh, and fire swords. 
Oh, we didn't even mention that he dual wields katanas at one God, point. God, it's like at the very end. And then like one of my favorite things from the uh the ending. The ultimate imposter being Munakata. <laughs> <laughs> it was it's so good. good. Like he just jumps in, and he's like I was like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, it was good. It was so good. I love imposter. Especially considering like you know nothing about him in DR two. It's like it's surprising how well they kind of like define that dude's character and and this. Right, like he became very very likable in Despair Arc, and um, you know you get more of his motivations and you understand him more. And I don't think that's a bad thing. No, of he, course not. He was really really cool. It was just I guess it's just surprising. And plus we, you kind of get to see how he looks like, but then even then it's like who knows? If that's really true. <laughs> right, like that may just be another disguise, which. Can we just talk about, like, that guy is the master of disguise. He is he is a champion. He just turned into Munakata like it was nothing. And just jumped in with two katanas out of nowhere as well. <laughs> right. And, like, at one point, he's just like, well, time to be Tagami again. And yeah. He just, wow, dude, you're talented. You don't get to be ultimate imposter by not being able to do that, I guess. I guess so, yeah. I forgot about that. Let's talk about that hot dub. Right. So I guess I should start off by saying that I'm a big fan of dubs. Um, I know I. Should You're the outlier be, here, or like I should be crucified for this. <laughs> um, I I really really appreciate the work that a lot of English voice actors do, and they've gotten much much better over the years. Like you can point to '90s dubs all you want that they they suck. Um, but they've gotten a lot better and they have a lot more talent now. And um, for the most part, this dub was really good. Um, I think I gave you a percentage yesterday. It was like 92% good. Yeah. On both sides, which that's a pretty high percent. And especially like uh, the, when they redubbed the Danganronpa anime, they basically kind of, they picked and choose some people from the the video game cast, which I've gone on record before stating, like, I don't like that English dub in the game. Like, I don't think it's that good. And, like, I think we've disagreed on that. But, like, when when they recast the entire, or for everyone, for the anime, like, it's so much better. Like, it's surprisingly so. Like, there's more, I guess, I don't, it feels more, like, livelier. It's more humor. And, like, it's not like they're, like, they stick to, like, the weird, like, Japanese pronunciations for names. So, it's, like, everyone calls each other by their last name. Which is kind of weird, but like since I'm more used to like you know the Japanese dub and everything, it's like oh this this feels pretty normal and everything, and like just the quality of like the entire of the dub for the anime is like way better than I would have ever gave it credit for until you were like yo you should watch this dub. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you never would have gotten face if you exactly watched the dub. So I mean, I did you a favor. You did, but. <laughs> I mean, this one had some really strange moments. Like, uh, I will never approve of the fact that they had Junko. For one, she's fine when she's not speaking in the Valley Girl. When she's, like, plotting or when she's doing the teacher mode, when she's doing the sad mode, she's great. But when she's doing her Valley Girl normal voice, like, trying to portray herself as, like, a ditz, it's bad. Yeah. I will also never accept the fact that instead of um, the Japanese Kamakura Senpai... Um, Kamakura Kamasur Senpai like that's what she was doing and the English it's Yas Queen yeah which is unacceptable 
completely unacceptable. It is not okay. Uh, and doesn't Chisa also call Chiaki a cinnamon roll? She does call her a cinnamon roll. Um, but otherwise, like, the writing is really good. I know a lot of people were upset because, like, some lines are more aggressive than others. But then you also have really great lines that were changed, such as the one you mentioned earlier about, uh, which one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The kid beat up. Um, there's also a... Okay, so I actually prefer dub Kizakura over Japanese Kizakura. He has great lines. His actor does a fantastic job. Um, like I was showing you that when they find Yoi's body, he, he just looks at it, he's like, that's not healthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's wonderful. And he, he just has really great infliction. The acting is great. The lines are good. He, he's kind of like a sarcastic shit and it's awesome. Um, Juzo is also much better, in my opinion, in the dub. Uh, he, he's ridiculous. <laughs> he really is. Uh, when he gets a book thrown at him, he's just like, really? Yeah. <laughs> I, and, um, throwing the chair at, at Tingen and saying, Mr. Chairman <laughs> was pretty funny. <laughs> That's real good. But, I mean, the acting is great. Uh, you know, I, I showed you, um, scenes with Chucky. And she, you know, her actress is, is fantastic. And that's important because Chucky is such an important character in Despair for her to have a good dub. Um, and I realized, like, you know, like, I looked up, like, who her voice actress was. And I was like, oh, she, she's Azusa in K-On. And, like, I f love the K-On dub. Like, it's one of my favorite anime dubs of all time. Like, I will take that dub over the Japanese version any day of the week. And that's, that's, that's saying something coming from me. So I was like... They picked a really good actress for Chiaki here. Yeah, and I know that you have mixed feelings on Pappenbrook, but Bryce Pappenbrook is great for me. I, I really enjoy his work, and, um, you know, he nails it. it, it it's, it's interesting, because he, again, does, um, same as the Japanese, he does Naegi and um, Komaeda. Yeah. And he differentiates very very well between the two he, he does a, a great job and um there's someone else that i was thinking that i needed to mention and oh how could i not mention bosh old jyb jyb <laughs> he he oh man i mean at the moment i was saying you have some adachi kind of <laughs> bonus cat talk here <laughs> You have some moments where you're you're kind of confused why Adachi is there, but I mean, he does a great job. So overall, I think the dub is is really well done. Um, and his Izuru yeah. voice is a lot different as well. It's like it's a voice I've never heard him do before. So I was like, yo, like right. It, it's very very different. It fits very well, mm -hmm. but um, it's it's a different voice for JYB. Uh, and you know we. <laughs> dub is only through episode eight at this point right uh, at, at recording so we haven't gotten into some of the more serious episodes so you know it may change um episode 10 won't be dubbed <laughs> I, I won't watch it of despair let's clarify uh, of despair to clarify um but overall yeah i can i can highly recommend the dub um but again i'm a big fan of dubs so there was like we, we've talked about this like in text messages and stuff like how like there are pronunciation issues in the dub, yes. especially with Naname, where they're like, Naname. 
And it's like, um, no. Yeah. And then I, you told me as well that, like, there's different pronunciations for Komaida. Yeah. Um, and that one is interesting because it's the episode where uh, he bombs the school. Mm -hmm. And it's not as prominently, like, unless you're paying attention to it, that, like, they're saying it different in certain characters. But uh, it's not said the same every single time. And, you know, that's, maybe they should have fixed that. But uh, it's not as glaring as Nanami because at least some of them get it right. Yeah. Uh, nobody gets Nanami's right, ever. The entire dub. It's it's always Nanami. And I, I feel like that's such a, like, that's a broader co or conversation about, like, you know, the Funimation simulcast dubs, considering, like, those are coming out like a few weeks after like the anime has already like been simulcasting as well. So it's like three or four weeks in like, Oh, here's the first episode of the dub. And it's like, that's such a quick turnover in terms of like producing and making something of, of high quality like that. Cause like when they first started doing this, like a lot of people were like, these are real bad. And it's just like, cause it's considering just how quick they had to put those out and everything. And I think like, they're kind of starting to hit their stride and being able to turn these over as quick as possible. But like, Something as glaring as, like, a pronunciation issue. Like, someone should have been like, hey, this is not how you pronounce that. Like, I don't, I, I just don't get, like, how that just got swept under the rug. Yeah, I mean, I can understand that. And we, we're quite aware that Funimation has had issues with this show in general, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it It's not really forgivable, but it's something that I can get past because... In terms of the acting and everything, it's, it's really well done. And again, some of the characters are actually even better in the dub than they are in the sub. So, right. You know, you you take your your positives or your negatives, you you weigh it out, and you decide what you can live with. And honestly, them pronouncing her name wrong is something I can live with. And them just skipping episode ten. Yeah, that doesn't exist. <laughs> episode ten didn't happen. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, the, the way you've described the dub, though, it it basically makes me want to go back eventually and rewatch all of those episodes in the dubs yeah. like but give it some time to breathe because i don't like just rewatch all of it like right away and be like oh i remember all this stuff it's like <laughs> no you need some time you need some distance yeah let's talk about some music some openings and endings okay. <laughs> which uh you have some uh you have some opinions on both of them <laughs> i I should just be well known for, for being extremely opinionated. <laughs> um, I, I have very, very strong feelings about some of the openings and closings of, of this show. And mostly it's that, uh, you know, the future opening starts off so strong and I'm so stoked to watch it. And then the vocals kick in. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> it becomes trash. And it's so upsetting because, like, you want to be so hype because of the, like, guitar riffs that are going on. It's great. And then it just becomes, like, weird, sappy love song vocals. Hey, you got, you got to be, you're real sad about future and despair and all that stuff. And, I mean, that's pretty prominent in the future closing song. Like, that one's kind of melancholy and you know with the visual of uh naegi getting like buried and like these flower petals i like that one yeah that one, yeah that one's good it's it's not the best but i can live with it 
the future opening just it can end immediately after <laughs> like the opening guitar riffs and i would be completely 100 percent okay with it i i can't listen to it i skip it you were you were probably real happy when like the last few episodes of the future just like skip the the opening entirely yeah i was i was actually real stoked about that because i didn't have to skip it and uh i skipped the despair closing every single time oh every single time i watched it the first time because i wanted to see what it was and then i'm like oh no this is kamaeda singing yeah about love and hope and i'm like oh god i like i like i like to think of it because begumi ogata has voiced some of my favorite characters like i like to think that sailor uranus talking about despair and hope and all that sort of stuff that's just me personally. Or, I mean, you could think it's like, it's the egg singing about all that stuff. It's Kenamata. It's Shinji Ikari. You just think of like all those types of characters. They're all singing. would be pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that. And But then we have like the hands down best, 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 best. Like I listened to it on my phone. I've, I've got it downloaded. Thank you, by the way. You're welcome. And um, the opening for Despair. So good. In terms of the art, the music, everything. It's perfect. I was real sad like yesterday because I was listening to it. And I was like, oh man, we're not going to be able to hear this today. That's a bummer. Yeah, I, it I, it was such a strong opening because I, I read through the translation. The translation, you know, the lyrics don't really matter all that much. Um, they don't say a whole lot. Right. But the actual sound of it is pretty interesting because it, it has you thinking in a more like uplifting way which is kind of intriguing going into a thing called despair yeah <laughs> uh it, it was it was a good counterbalance um but also that opening was really cool in terms of animation techniques because mm-hmm. it starts off in the fun pastels actually it starts off ending with chiaki being like blocked out like you see her her silhouette but you don't see her and then as it goes on you see Chiaki she materializes eventually she starts smiling as the opening goes on but the opening I forget which episode it is but the coloration starts changing and they start getting red eyes and it's like about halfway through I think yeah you start seeing them fall into this despair and it's so beautifully done and Oh man, I I love love that opening. I mean, let's be real though. There's one thing that both of those openings are missing. It's sexy dancing Monokuma. <laughs> sexy dancing Monokuma can just be thrown in a trash can directly, and I would be happy. Oh, it's the best. It's the best gift you can ever make. It's it's not. It's not. Gift rankings of Danganronpa, sexy dancing Monokuma. Junko's eyes going crazy. Oh god, I forgot about Junko's eyes. So Junko is the ultimate analyst, I guess is is the right way to put it. Yeah. There's this great scene where her eyes are just like wonky <laughs> everywhere and you're like, it's supposed That is not a good tell. Yeah, it's like it's supposed to be like, oh man, she's really analyzing this whole thing. It's like her eyes are just like I'm going in like just opposite directions like, no, that doesn't look good at all. No, no. So I guess if anything has come out of this series, it's Crazy Eye Junko and Sexy Dancing Monokuma. That's the only thing she really need. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there was an ending for Hope. It just, it was all right. It was there. I, the song was terrible. It was, it, yeah. 
it didn't really fit. It was like, here's like this random kind of upbeat song and like, eh, we'll just play this in the background, I guess. I would have preferred to just have the scenes without the song or have like a musical, like an instrumental song. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it just hope ending. That that was the one thing is that the actual song, meh. They should have just done like the cast of Dong and Rampa sings this random song like random <laughs> animes do. <laughs> I'd buy that album. The cast of Dongarumpa sings the hits. And it's all like ABBA. <laughs> God. All right, let's uh, let's talk about let's talk about something fun that's gonna get everyone to hate us. Oh God. Let's, you mean they don't already hate? That's us? that's true. Crap about coming. That is very true. Uh, there was a lot of theories that were going around <laughs> <laughs> during the time of this airing, like. You would go through Tumblr and be like, there'd be just, every week it'd be something new that people believed that was going to be 100% true. Some of it might have been, some of it really wasn't. Uh, I think the worst was Chiaki as a mastermind. That was, that was the dumbest theory I've ever heard. (laughs) Oh, I was so mad every time I saw somebody, it was like, Chiaki's the mastermind. Look, her eyes are red at the end of the despair closing i'm like you know her eyes are kind of like that anyway right oh god she's the mystery um, 13th division leader of future foundations like no dog she's dead yeah they're like why why would they send hina as the 13th representative and not have a branch head that branch head must come into play sometime i'm like maybe i mean hear me out maybe they just wanted hina to be in the show yeah (laughs) Also, maybe Nayagi just requested her. I mean, if I were on trial, I would request somebody that survived with me in a killing game. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yo, I want some of my friends here to be, like, alongside for, like, moral support and all that stuff. And, I mean, it seems like Kagakuri was supposed to be there technically, but he just didn't make it. That's just the story of Hagakuri. (laughs) That's true. Hagakuri. Oh, man. That... That poor child is like three million yen crystal ball he breaks. R.I.P. Rip. <laughs> there was the uh, <laughs> there was the photo going around at the very beginning of um, the pixelated versions of all the characters in future. Like, oh, if this character's stepping to the right, that means they they die from the attacker. If they're stepping to the left, they they just die. They die randomly. Code. Yeah, and then oh, if people are st- are walking towards you, they're fine. And then Tengen's walking away. He's the mastermind. Which, Which kind of true. Wasn't that far off. Yeah. Um, but I think like a lot of like the other parts of that got disproven real quickly, especially with Hina dying and then re coming back to life. Yep. Because she was like the first one everyone was like, Oh, she stepped to the right. She she obviously dies from the attacker. And then like the next episode was like, Oh, that doesn't happen. <laughs> right. And then I think like like, Nagi was obviously fine. I think Munakata was, like, one of the ones that were fine. And then Kirigiri, I think, was also one of the ones that were fine, so... And uh, the robot was one that was fine. Oh, well. It was a fun... That was a fun theory. She got cut in half, so... Yeah. It was a fun kind of theory, like, oh, maybe this is how it was. But, like, you really think they're going to, like, show their hand that quickly in, like, the second episode or first or second episode? Like, give, give them a little bit more credit than that. Well, and actually, it got even more in-depth than that, because people were looking at the people who technically survived in that picture, 
and seeing which foot they were stepping with. Yeah. Because, um, like, Naegi and Kirigiri and all were stepping on one foot, and then Munakata was stepping with a different foot. And they're like, oh, that must mean something. <laughs> like, maybe it was just when they got the screen. I, I don't know. That's, yeah, that's true. It was, it was an interesting theory, and I, I stuck with that picture for a while, looking at it to see, like, what added up and what didn't. And, I mean, it, it was pretty close, but Hina definitely threw it off. Yeah. I would like to see them, these people who were freaking out about that photo, like, try and dissect the Beatles Abbey Road cover art. <laughs> they would love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what what else was some of, like, the weird theories? Because obviously, like, the photo was one. Chiaki Mastermind was another. Obviously, one that came to be was um, Robot, who wasn't a robot. People thought it was Monica. Yeah. Um, but they thought that she was actually Monica. They didn't realize that Monica was controlling her. Right. Um, so that, that theory was actually kind of spot on, but in a weird way. And then also people just thought she was going to be the mastermind anyways and come back, but she just like noped out. <laughs> right. She, she just farted and went to space. So can you really blame her? Give the girl some credit. Yeah. It's like, yo, you love Junko and Ashima enough that you want to like take over an entire city. And then afterwards you're just like, I just need to get away. Like I'm done with this. <laughs> I'm gonna go. She blames it on Komaeda, and I'm like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I probably would nope out too. I, just, I would nope out to space as soon as that guy came anywhere near me. I mean, technically, he does save her at the end of Ultra Despair Girls. I know he does. But like, as well, it's like, yeah, I would nope out to space as well, just to be like, yeah, I, I don't want to be involved with you anymore. Oh. Now, now that I'm thinking, it's like I can't really think of any like other crazy theories. We had no, we we had our theories as well. Like, we were obviously, like, on the Chisa's shadiest bandwagon from, like, day one. Right. I mean, my, my theory, my running theory was that Chisa was the mastermind. Mm -hmm. It sort of worked out that way, but she she was tiered. Yeah. It just, she was so shady, and, you know, with her showing up in despair, we knew she had to be important, and with her falling into despair and then, like, murdering kindergartners, like... Oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah, ooh... It just, it got real dicey, and so that that was my running theory, was that Chisa was involved, and um, it it seemed to be really confirmed to me when the the video was the the way that people committed suicide. Mm -hmm. it, it made the most sense to me, but again, it was sort of confirmed, but it was also more in-depth than just Chisa is the mastermind, but that, that was my running theory, and yours as well. Yeah. It was, we just had, like, a lot of, like, just back and forth after, like, each episode being like, well, maybe they'll go in this direction or this direction or this little clue right here and this one still photograph. Like, that's a big thing, right? <laughs> well, the bottle ended up actually being one of our big theories. The bottle. The bottle with Kirigiri. I mean, I was, I was real worried they were just going to, like, leave that be, like, at the end of Hope, like... When he's just like watching, like, I mean, as soon as he looked down at his hand, he was like, Gary, Gary. And I was like, okay, okay, now she's going to come back. But like before then, I was like, are you just going to leave that be as like a huge plot hole? <laughs> like, come on, you can't do that to me. The mystery bottle. The mystery bottle. And it's like, oh, it's basically what we thought. And then Sumiki just heals her randomly. <laughs> I mean, she is the ultimate nurse. But we've seen her be a nurse in other ways, and it's just. I mean, her nursing has been murdering people and also, like, 
groping people's heads in their sleep, so... Choking them to death with their boobs. Uh, yeah, I'll stay away from her. <laughs> I just want to... I wish, like, we could have seen, like, that conversation, like, when Kirigiri came back to life and Sumiki, and she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there was a lot of... There was just a lot of fun, fun, fun talking about theories and everything, just like after each episode and all that. Just It was also rage-inducing, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially f***ing, like just people being detractors every day, like, Chucky's a Mary Sue. It's like, you don't know what the f*** that means. Shut the f*** up. <laughs> oh, I mean, again, you can't be mad at Chucky and her writing and accuse her of being Mary Sue when Hajime and Naegi exist. Yeah, yeah. It's not her fault that she became the ultimate hope for Tinata. Well, and I mean, she was flawed and they showed it. Yeah. Sorry. How dare you? Unprofessional. <laughs> uh, but they, they, she had her issues and I mean, it wasn't, you know, she had to become that important to everybody in, in order for episode 10 to matter. Right. And, um... You know, I know a lot of people were upset because she came back because she's an AI. Why is she back? And like, well, maybe just consider this for a moment. She wasn't always an AI. Yeah. Like we How about that? We talked about like this recently in one of my uh, literature classes about like, you know, emotions and like emotion emotive things that like that happen that happens in stories like whether or not like they're earned or it's just like, well they just threw that in there for the sake of throwing that in there. So like the whole the whole arc of Chiaki, it's like, it's so, by the time you get to episode 10, like, all those emotions are earned because, like, you see her go through, you know, she's in that class, but she's really a loner. She's kind of socially awkward and all that sort of stuff. And then, like, she's able to make friends with everyone and kind of keep that class together. Like, she's the glue that holds everyone together considering, like, just the way, like, all of those personalities and egos are, like, they could just be, like, they could splinter off into all sorts of directions just because they wouldn't, they don't really need to be there. Right, it can go back to how it was in episode one, where, like, three of them show up to class. <laughs> one of them is Fuyuhiko, which is the best. <laughs> I love the baby gangsta. It's one of the ones that comes to class. He's like, I don't need to be here. It's like, dude, you're, like, one of the only people that are here. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, she, she, she's important, and I think people ignore that fact, and they also ignore the fact that you know, men characters can apparently be written perfect and it's okay. Right. And perfect in air quotations. <laughs> yeah. I would argue that neither Chiaki, Hajime, or Naegi are perfect characters by any means. Yeah, totally. But, you know, there's there's a different kind of level of criticism, criticism that is lobbed at characters like Chiaki. And, you know, it's frustrating because she is so important to what happened and she's important because she inspires inspires is probably the wrong word but Hajime decides to become the ultimate ultimate because he wants to be somebody that can impress her right he wants her to be surrounded by people that are talented and and that's something that he specifically says and she she keeps her class together, even despite like you know the teacher leaving, Kamaeda blowing up friggin' gym. <laughs> uh, and I mean she she makes them actually become friends, which they weren't before. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's significant, and especially considering that they stuck together even after her death as despairs. Right. Like, they could have just fractured off and become despairs. You know, that's what a lot of people were expecting, was that Junko is going to individually turn each one into despair. But what's the point of keeping them together if they're all individualized? Right. So, I mean, to me, it made a lot of sense, but, you know... What ifs? I think I think a lot of people as well kind of like they don't understand that you can criticize something that you like, and like because we've done that throughout like this entire show, we've criticized different parts of this of what happened, and some of these other people are also like just like they just want to criticize something that they don't like, but they do it in the wrong way because like I feel like some of the criticisms that have been lobbied at Chiaki are also coming from like they they're potentially coming from like sexist or misogynistic viewpoints or. And here's a conversation that's come up in like Persona Five recently, which we won't get into spoilers or anything about that. Obviously, yeah, I'll fight you. Yeah, <laughs> but like, there's a difference between people who want homosexual representation and are people who are like who are actually like out there in that sort of way, and the people that are Yaoi fangirls. Yeah, and I think that 100. percent And I think like the Persona Five argument, if you've never, if you haven't, if you don't know what it's about, it's about like you no, know, there isn't representation in a social link that you can't have a romanceable homosexual partner in that way and there's a lot of people who are homosexual or are not straight in that way who are very upset by this and like there was one argument that said like oh this is just a bunch of yaoi fangirls who are upset about this and i don't necessarily think that's the case in that argument but on the other hand i think like in the danganronpa fandom like you hear those types of people like the yaoi fangirls who are very interested in like komaida and hinata getting together for some odd reason like, yeah. I don't know if they're, like, a majority or a minority of the fandom or not, but they are certainly one of the loudest ones. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, those people were so, like, they were excited and cheering at Chiaki's death, which I know we didn't talk about it because I don't want to talk about it, but her death was brutal, and it was prolonged, and it was not something that I would wish on anybody. And to have the fans of Kamaeda and Hanada like relationship saying like oh good she's dead that kills that ship like that's wrong like there's so many like messed up things you can say about that like just coming from like that type of mental viewpoints like what is what why would you even say that right like they're all fictional for one but even at the same time like it's a fictional relationship so you're not you, you shouldn't be that invested in it and two like even though she is a fictional character and they are fictional characters, like celebrating somebody's death is really, it, it makes me really uncomfortable. Right. I, and the way that they were doing it, because like, oh, your ship is dead. Like, you're really happy that somebody died like that because it kills a ship. That's a problem. Yeah. Like, I, I don't have any problems with people having head cannons or anything like that. Like, I never will. But as soon as they, like they divulge into like trying to tell people that that's canon or like, they're getting upset that something happened in the show that in the canon of the show that messed up their headcanon or something and they freak out and like applaud someone's death because of that like there's something highly messed up and just utterly ridiculous about that and I, I do while we're talking about like gay relationships and everything I do really appreciate the fact that Juzo who is somebody who is shown to be like hyper masculine he's super built and you know, he, he's so dedicated to his friend, and, you know, he's gay. 
Yeah. Or at least that's what they imply. They they don't, you know, he he could be bi, but who cares? He's he he clearly is in love with his friend who is a guy and that you know, that's canon. And you know, people will say, "Well, you know, the representation of him is bad because he's like angry and he's he's brutal and like, okay, but people are like that. People are hyper masculine a lot of times. And sometimes it is to make up for those feelings of negativity towards themselves. So, in my opinion, I was really very happy with the fact that not only did they confirm that Juzo is gay, but they made him a character that could be potentially like a kind of social commentary on the whole instance of like staying in the closet. It, it, it was really well done. Right. Like the, uh, the conversations about fragile and toxic masculinity or or for another podcast basically but like <laughs> i thought the way like they they showed his representation was was pretty good because like i know like they they give junko the way of kind of like trying to make fun of him for it but like she's the villain of the show like she's right. going to do that and like she's- they don't like make it like a huge like point i guess like they don't make like a sticking point about his character being like oh he's gay blah 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 it's like oh you know, he has feelings for his friend and then they just move on like it's just like okay that's normal that's fine whatever right. and like the way he gets upset about it is because like the way she manipulates him and uses that against him. He's like, well, fuck. I can't really do anything about this. So, I mean, I, I think that people need to keep in mind what is canon, what's not canon, and what really is an acceptable thing for you to I say, I guess, it's not really acceptable for you to celebrate people's deaths in general, especially if they did nothing wrong. Right. But also, guys, it's, it's fiction. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're invested that much, like, ooh. It's like, it's like before, like, everything, like, you know, you always heard the rumblings. They're like, oh, man, the Tangerompa fandom is... Yeah. I blame you. I got into the- I know, like, but I, like, I've, I've been there since, like... Like, I played Danganronpa 1 via a fan translation of the PSP game. And that was, like, in 2013. But, like, I never really saw, like, that fandom. Because I, I guess I kind of came in a little bit later. I never really saw that fandom be, like, that crazy and shitty. Like, it's crazy, maybe not the most poignant word for that. But, like, I just never saw them being, like, that problematic. But maybe it's because, like, I, was, I kind of viewed it from a distance as well. So, like, every time, like, the new games came out, like, in English, like, DR1, DR2, uh, another episode. Like, I never saw any, like, the the stuff we saw with three and then with three is just like the floodgates open. I was like, Oh, that's what everyone meant. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's embarrassing. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> like I've, I've been playing video games my entire life and I, I don't think I've ever quite seen it to this level. And we've, we've seen like people in like persona fandom, like have some crazy arguments. It's like, yeah. they don't match this. Speaking of games, there was one question, like, I kind of thought throughout this entire, through the show, because, like, they specifically made this an anime, I guess, kind of, like, to split up the, the two arcs. Yeah. And with that, you get kind of, like, a set time, like, just 24 episodes, you have to get through all of your story. And ever since then, I've kind of wondered, should they have made this, like, another game, like a novel, or maybe just something else entirely? No. That's all right. Moving on. <laughs> no, I, I, I will definitively tell you, no, they should not. 
if you think about how the games have worked previously, you know, there's always been kind of like a free time mode. There's been like the trial mode. The, I did this wrong order, but there's an investigation mode. Yeah. It wouldn't have worked. I mean, there's no gameplay in any of what they showed in the anime. There's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing that they could have done to make it a game. It would have just been like a visual novel at that point. Right. It would have been a visual novel, but. I mean, even if you're looking at visual novel styles like uh, 999 and VLR or things like that, uh, Virtue's Last Reward, there's still like puzzles to figure out and there's still like a mystery. And while there, that exi there is a big mystery, there's no actual elements that could have made a gameplay in this. I don't think that any other format would have worked. Yeah, I would, I would agree with you on that because like, Danganronpa, I mean, it's still a visual novel, like all of those games are, but they have like some some gameplay mechanics wrapped in there. It's like, you know, you get to move around, you get to go do stuff and all that sort of stuff. With this, though, like you're not really solving murders like Kirigiri goes and does that. That's just her own thing. And there's so much different character viewpoints that you would just be jumping from character to character to character to character to character to character, to character that it wouldn't It'd be so convoluted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, especially with how like this is split up. Like, what, you just have, like, one little chapter that's future, and then you just go straight into despair? Like, I don't think that would really work in a game. Mm -hmm. And then, also, if it was a novel, it would probably be poorly written, like, Danganronpa Zero, so, no, you don't want that. <laughs> no! The less Zero, the better. And it couldn't be a movie. Not enough time for that. Yeah, I mean... I, I just think that the format they chose is the best way they could have gone about it. And, like, while there are some points where I'm like, yeah, I wish they had gone into this more, overall, I'm extremely satisfied with what I came away feeling from it. Yeah. I would agree with that entirely. As weird as it sounds, like, I know, like, when I first watched the uh, the first Danganronpa anime of the first game, like, I, I was kind of critical of it because, like, it felt real f quick and forced. Because, like, right. you never got, like, the free time stuff and all that stuff. But it's because you really couldn't implement that into the anime. Right. And just, I, I think that was kind of one of my worries going into this, is that that, it, that criticism would be carried over into this. But, like, it's a different thing entirely. And, like, I think the way they handled it is, like, it's the best possible option that they have to handle all this. And they did it in the way, the best possible way that they could do it. I completely agree. Uh, I, I I think that it it was a very big success in my eyes. I I'm happy with how it ended. I'm happy with how it went, uh, and I, I feel satisfied with the end of Hope's Peak. Yeah. You know, I, I don't really have any kind of want or need to like have anything else filled in. It, it's it's a good bow of the package. And basically, I guess, like, the only thing is, like, oh, well, wonder what happens to all these characters afterwards. But it's, like, you kind of, like, it's just, like, hey, you're filling the blank. You get to, that's your idea now. I mean, in my brain, everybody's happy. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody remains happy. That's, that's, please let these children be happy. <laughs> and in other people's brains, it's just everyone got brainwashed. Uh, yeah. Oh, we didn't even talk about that in the theory. That's so why I just remembered it. It was like, oh, yeah, the brainwash yeah. theory. The theory that Hope arc is just the brainwash video. Which, come on. Come on. 
<laughs> Let us be happy. Yeah. Let them be happy. Unless they, unless they do that Munakata Platinum Games joint spinoff. Right. That's all I want. There they go. That's all I want. Get on it, guys. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like, I guess that's what we kind of we never really touched upon. Like, there was issues with this show. Like, there are some animation issues and some of the despair episodes <laughs> specifically, and just like the way that Funimation had to kind of delay a lot of the episodes, especially in the latter half of the season. Yeah. Like. There was never really like a a good explanation for that. It was just like, oh, we can't get these uh the materials like the scripts and the, I guess the raw footage of the the episode in time, and with the way I've seen like anime production, I would assume that that means like a lot of like the the production around this show was getting real scrambled and like right down to the very wire. Like I mean, they may have been hitting like their air dates in Japan, but that doesn't mean like. Yo, they were like literally getting that tape in like a, an hour or so before its air date or right. something crazy like that. So, and just doing two shows at the same time and simulcasting. Yeah. Like, if you're like a production company and you're like, oh, we're going to take on a series, it's going to be like, okay, we're going to have like weekly episodes and all that stuff. Like, Lurch had to do two episodes a week of the same show. And that's just insane by today's standards because we i mean i i watch probably more anime than you do i see how just how many problems like anime companies have nowadays just like trying to meet deadlines or just even trying to make a cohesive piece of animation like there's still some companies that are flawless in it and don't have that many problems like there's other companies like (laughs) a1 pictures who just put out absolute garbage at times and it's like how does this stuff get even like okay to go onto the airwaves and all that stuff and just like that you ace attorney yeah this <laughs> is like i i don't know the answer to like to how to fix that at all or any of that stuff but it's like anime in 2016 like this last couple of years has looked rough and it's just like i i don't know the answer to, to how to solve that but it's like some of these companies are just maybe taking on too many projects and Stuff like Danganronpa kind of is the, let's say... The shining beacon of hope. Yeah, sure. The shining beacon of hope of kind of crappy animation. It it gives me hope that there at least is some... There can be some good products, even in the midst of me watching Ace Attorney and Final Fantasy XV Brotherhood. You mean the best shows, obviously. Ugh. Uh, Let's wrap this up with some final thoughts. Which I guess we've kind of been doing like this whole time, but right. Uh, I mean, again, I, I really it had issues, obviously, but I feel like it was a really good conclusive ending to this entire thing. The uh, you know zero one two another episode, like it it wraps it all up in a nice shiny bow, and sometimes it's pink bloody, but. <laughs> uh, it was a good ending. It made me feel good. It it. You know, I'm, I'm sorry that everybody died along the way to make me feel good. Oops. But, you know, it it ended in a way that I feel okay coming away from it. Yeah. I would uh, I would completely agree with that. Like, I don't really see another ending, you know, being as definitive as this to wrap up this entire storyline that they've gone, like, three games, a novel, and then this entire anime season just to do, like, unless they just killed everyone off. Yeah, it did. <laughs> that would be the only other definitive ending that they could do. Like, oh, everyone's dead. Hope Speed Academy's over. Later. Yeah. 
And that I don't think that would be as satisfying to me. Like, you could go... I mean, everybody dies. That's just how this series works. People die. Yeah. Uh, unless you're in another episode and then you don't. Um, but I don't feel like it would be a good way to come... I would not feel okay coming away from it if everybody died. Yeah. Um, yes, it would be the end of Hope Speak Academy because, okay, it's done. Everyone's dead. But would you feel okay coming away from that? Would you consider that good writing? And I don't. I don't think that would be okay. It would just be such a cop out. Be like, it would. Be like, oh, we couldn't figure out another way to end this. So it was like, oh, everyone's dead. That's it. And it would suck. It would. It, it, I mean, this series made me cry enough as it is. Don't make me cry more. <laughs> I feel like... You, Go ahead. They gave me episode 10. That's true. That's true. And they tried to make me think they killed Hina in episode 2 of Future, so they they need to give me some good feelings. <laughs> I think, like, the only thing, like, they could even do out of this ending is, like, well, what's the Future Foundation going to do for the Remnants of Despair now that they think that they did, they did all this stuff? But, like, even that, it's just, like, yo, that could just be a weird side, stu- side story or something, and, like, or if the Future Foundation is even going to exist past this. Right. And honestly, like, this sounds terrible, but I don't even really care. Like, I just want them to go on their island and be happy. Like, yeah. I yeah. I, I understand they really, really messed up because they were remnants of despair. They were brainwashed, etc. But, I mean, what what do they want to do? Just go and kill them all? Like, what what satisfaction comes from that? I mean, you saw people get satisfaction out of Chiaki dying. I'm sure some of them would be like, oh, yay, we killed them all. <laughs> but yeah, like, <laughs> it was a satisfying way to end this end this entire this storyline of this franchise. Like, I completely 100% agree. I, I, feel, I feel great coming away from this. Same. Final, final thought. Kirigiri, Cross Ramen, still the OTP. Of yeah. all of our generation. You should post that picture up of, of uh, Cup Rama and Kirigiri. <laughs> Kirigiri fall in love. Kirigiri fall in love. No one's going to understand that. No, they won't. And I'm okay with that. Whatever. If I would, if I could have got the rights to that song, that would have been the opening for this this episode. It, it, it should have been. It should have been. I don't have like thousands of dollars to get the rights to that song for 30 seconds. For one podcast. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of the Seasonal Anime Checkup OVA supplemental podcast just about dong and rompa 3 the end of hope's peak academy uh make sure you go listen to episode 11 i think that'll cover summer all the stuff i watched and some other people watched for summer season and we'll preview fall and some other stuff like backlog and movies episode three the movie number four but and uh because that'll be up, I think, like later on. Because as of this recording, haven't done any of that yet. So look forward to that in the near future. If you're listening to this as of whenever this comes out, or if later on, you can go back and find that stuff. Do you want to plug anything before we go? I mean, if you want to check out my website, that'd, that'd be cool. Otherwise, yeah, I'm not really interested. <laughs> what's, what's your website? Plug it to the people. I mean, it's nladium.com, which. No one's ever going to be able to spell that like from the brain, so you're going to have to put it out there. But uh, it's it's reviews of video games. It's my uh, my work as a historian. I uh, I am a a dual person, I guess. I, I'm a gamer <laughs> and I'm a video game historian. So you have my academic side and you have my my play side. So you get both there. 
if you are interested in finding out who the heck this random person is on this podcast. I think that's well said. I like it. Uh, <laughs> you can head over to seasonalanimecheckup.com for more information or the new shorthand link, sac.cool. Oh, God. Hey, eight keystrokes is a lot better than like 24, in my well, opinion. I guess I should come up with a better one because no one's going to be able to spell anladium. It should be like lady.cool. Ladym.cool. Lady M for my, my mech fighting. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's where you'll find uh, columns about anime, reviews of video games, and also that's the exclusive home of this podcast. And it's also going to be up on iTunes as soon as I, I publish this because it won't be right away because iTunes publishing is weird. Uh, and uh, you can find other ways to get a hold of me on, on the website or you can email me, jared at seasonalanimecheckup.com. That's going to do it for this episode. We'll be back spontaneously, randomly throughout some point in time because that's just the way this podcast is going to go. Basically, if we uh, there's a show that needs to be talked about in a longer format, uh, there's big news that needs to be talked about in a longer format, or just something that comes to mind. I'm like, yo, let's talk about it in the podcast. It's not every quarter. That's where this podcast will be. So thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed. And I'll see you next time on the Seasonal Anime Checkup OVA.